What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined, as always, on this uh, post-Super Divisional Round playoff weekend. With that, Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello. Hello, Elliot. How are you? I'm doing uh, I'm doing okay. I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there, and uh, I'm surrounded by cowboys paraphernalia behind me as you can see from glory or would you say glory or days i don't even know what glory means so go ahead yeah yeah um yeah tough one uh i'm in the dallas area right now so have some definite thoughts there being here in the epicenter of freak out them out of them freak out of them um so that'll be interesting to talk about. Of course, there were three other big playoff games this weekend. That might have been the maybe been the biggest one, but uh, all four of the games this weekend had unique kind of storylines and outcomes and whatnot. Seems like Chiefs Jags was like forever ago, by the way. <laughs> but uh, first thing I want to get to is just your overriding thought from the divisional round this year. Did one thing stick out more than mm-hmm. anything else? A very forgettable divisional round playoffs like i think two three years from now we're not going to really remember any of these games because they just weren't awesome right like last year we had chiefs uh bills and that was an awesome game right we had uh the the rams bucks was a divisional round game and that game was so much fun these four games like a couple of them were close but i don't know i was a little underwhelmed by what we saw this weekend I have a random thought about this weekend, and I'm going to rank the teams, by the way, everybody. We got uh, 18. I'm going to rank the losers as well, and Marcus, of course, will tell me where I'm wrong. But uh, you in the mood for just a random thought? Sure. I think the visual aspect of the NFL is really important, and I haven't really heard many people talk about it this weekend. I saw a little bit of chatter about it, I want to say, on Friday. But just for example – Cowboys 49ers was a glorious looking matchup. Would you agree? agree? On grass, classic unis. People talk about that. And then Bills Bengals. Awesome looking in the snow, playing a game in Buffalo. And the idea that none of that matters is just absolute silliness. You know, if you keep going for the fringe fan that would rather watch Steph Curry than NFL football, and you want to cater to the uber fantasy crowd i don't mean like the normal fantasy player but the people that are just only concerned about numbers and things and play these games indoors so that there's absolutely no conditions and talents and talent and stats will win the day i think it's a huge mistake i think it'd be a huge mistake if you watched buffalo cincinnati it would be a huge mistake to move these games indoors for neutral site championships now we're not going to have that but there's Thank been goodness. some chatter about that. What you? Say? I totally missed that. Sorry. Thank goodness, because I, I just think it—if you want to make the regular season even less important than it already is, go ahead and make it where the AFC, or the AFC and NFC championship games are in neutral fields. Like it, it will literally make the the regular season almost pointless. Not only that, but I don't. If you keep going for the 23-year-old that likes Steph Curry more than the NFL, there's nothing wrong with that. 
and you don't cater to your core audience. And this is not an old man get off my lawn. I'm not one of those old school football people that's like, oh, the game should change. You're a bunch of wimps now. I'm not one of those guys. But I think there's a, a, a tipping point where you do too much futzing with the uniforms, too much monochromatic stuff. And if, I mean, if the Packers change their uniforms, the Raiders change their uniforms, the Bears, all these teams, I think you're literally slowly eating away at your core audience. You already did it with the 17 game schedule. You already did it. One of the great things about the NFL was the ex- exclusivity of making the playoffs. You've already kind of ruined that. And now you're talking about neutral site games. Find me one person that didn't think Buffalo Cincinnati looked fantastic. I know this is an odd point to make uh, about the playoffs, but I think now that we're not going to have a neutral site conference championship game, I just wanted to say this before we get too far away from it. I agree. Uh, the 49ers Cowboys, like visually, I don't know if you can get two better matchups, like Jersey wise on the field. Those look fantastic, right? Yeah. Uh, I did enjoy the, the snow game in Buffalo a lot though. That was fun. I mean, you know, we don't have to even, I mean, we could go outside of this. I love Raiders at Kansas city. I think that's a great uniform matchup. See, I like Classic Raiders game. at Steelers better. Okay. Or Raiders at Steelers. Fine. But you know, you do we do we want to change the Yankees colors and have them have 18 alternative jerseys and have the Yankees play neutral site games and you know, I don't know, Montreal just for fun, like I mean to make money, it's just so dumb. Um and I know people are going to say, well there was a reason they were going to do the neutral site. Yes, but there was a fear, a genuine fear that hey, we could move this game to stadiums like Atlanta and we can make more money. And so, exactly. yeah, I just I just needed to say that before we get too far from it. Um, anything you want to get off your chest before we get to the uh, teams? No, please, let's do rankings, please. <laughs> oh, I'm just boy. a sad football fan today. That's all. I, I, I need a day. After after today is over, I'll, I'll start to feel better. But just, just give me a day of being mope, you know, mopey and sad and depressed and all those emotions. You know, it's not often that you have the perfect word choice, like malleable. I think that's a once in a lifetime event for you. But mopey, I would say, is about on point for you. Mopey. It's fair. I, I just, I, I just did a little bit Marcus. of time. Yes. All right. So before we get into uh, Michael Gallup blame country, let's start with team number eight. Uh, the New York Giants. I thought oh. they looked the worst over the weekend. I was. Uh, talking to you that I thought they had an interesting formula for at least keeping themselves in games. But if your quarterback doesn't play well at all and your defense can't get a stop, it's really hard to do anything in the postseason. I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what Brian Dable could have done. I know people are criticizing him for a couple fourth uh, down decisions, but come on. Yeah, I mean – Let's, let's just be honest. They the talent differential between the Eagles and Giants was so stark going into that game that it's not surprising that this is how it went. Because in the first meeting between these two teams in New York, it was about exactly the same, right? Like nothing has really changed. So, listen, this was a great season for the Giants. They 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 got way further than anybody would have predicted, um, but they're just not there yet. I would say of all the teams this weekend, they ran into the biggest buzzsaw uh, of an opponent than anybody. Um, 
you know, there was one moment and I'll give a shout out to Ross Tucker because he pointed this out. And I was saying this out loud to my brother watching the game when we were playing with our toys from when we were like uh, 13. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what we did Saturday night when Marcus pieced out of watching the Giants game because he wanted to play video games. True story. Um, there was a point where Daniel Jones, Marcus, took a five yard sack on a play that he escaped pressure. And no one was open, so he just stepped out of bounds. Mm-hmm. It's like you're right there, just just toss the ball. And and I know you're you'd be like, well, what's the big deal? Well, it turned what would have been a, like a third and one into a third and six, and they didn't get it, and they had to punt. And it was literally just the dumbest play. And I, you know, that's the kind of stuff with Daniel Jones that will drive you nuts. And I have been a big Daniel Jones defender, but I can't defend that. And it was still at a point where maybe they could make some hay. Um, either way. Uh, bad drop in this game too, yep. where Daniel Jones, I can't remember who it was that dropped it. Is it James dropped a ball? It goes James. Yeah. Yes. Oof. Tough game. Uh, let's go to number seven. Uh, number seven. I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I don't think they played poorly. Admittedly, I saw the least amount of this game. Um, but I can tell you that the question mark I have, Marcus, is what are you doing as defensive coordinator? What's your game plan when you're letting Travis Kelsey? catch 14 balls on you who is it you're so scared of that you're covering him the way that you are so jacksonville spent uh what is it 15 million dollars per year on a luicon a linebacker that's supposed to be able to cover a first round pick on a linebacker that was supposed to be able to cover and a third round pick on a highly athletic linebacker that was supposed to be able to cover and none of those guys could slow down travis kelsey um i got a hot take for you are you ready yeah, can we, Can I just wait? Go I want ahead. to bounce off that before I forget. If your linebackers are having a hard time covering them because they're just having a bad game, it happens, right? And he's a Hall of Fame player. Don't you adjust? You H- how about some bracket coverage? How about getting your biggest safety up there to bump them at the line and stick with them? You know, change it up. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. No, you're good. I, that's a good point. Of the four teams that lost this weekend, Giants, Bills, Cowboys, Jags, I think the Jags are probably going to have the most regret losing this game of the four teams for this reason. I don't think Kansas City played a good game at all. You had Patrick Mahomes, who had a high ankle sprain, who missed a a huge drive, actually two drives in this game. You could have stolen this game, right? If the game was ten to seven, and you had Jackson, or excuse me, you had Kansas City pinned at their own two yard line, and they had a ninety eight yard touchdown drive with Chad Henney to put the game uh, was it seven sixteen to seven at that point. Mm-hmm. I think they missed mm-hmm. the extra point. Um, uh, Brett is, if you're if you're Jackson, you're just not going to get many chances with the way the AFC is set up to run the table, right? Because Kansas City's so good. Obviously, the Bengals are good. Buffalo's good. Kind of, you need to strike when the iron's hot, and you there, you were there. You had a chance against a banged up Mahomes to steal a game, and you just couldn't do it. You couldn't put the game away. I, I, I think Jacksonville's really going to be regretting losing this game. And I can't throw you off because I said Brett Maher can't be missing kicks for Kansas City. Also, sorry, this poor Thank extra you. point joke. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. I mean, it was there for the taking and. I, I mean, I guess props to Chad Henney, and he is yeah. more one of the more reliable backup quarterbacks. He's been in Kansas City for a while now, too, so he knows what he's doing. They know what they know what Chad Henney's limitations are, the Chiefs coaching staff, so they can call good plays for him. 
plays that he I, likes. But I, I just know you. that when you have a young quarterback, the idea is, ah, oh, we'll we'll be we'll be back, we'll be back. Don't worry about it. That, you know, we're a Not young necessarily. team. We'll you don't know. You don't know how things are going to turn out and what the AFC is going to look like and what your roster is going to look like at this time next year. You had a team like Kansas City against the ropes with their backup quarterback in, and you couldn't take advantage. It's tough. I think a great example of this, this was Trevor Lawrence's second year, but a great example of that's Dan Marino. Third year, Miami goes to the AFC Championship game. Everybody knows about Dan Marino losing his one Super Bowl. That was in 84. But in 85, Miami's got a home AFC Championship game. And they got beat 31 to 14. And uh, everyone kind of said, oh, he'll be back. Dolphins will be back. Miami missed the playoffs the next four years in a row, you know, and it's and he only made it to one more AFC championship game uh, in his entire career. So I think it's a, a point well made. Um, and I think you can compare these guys. Trevor Lawrence has huge talent. Uh, maybe he doesn't end up being Dan Marino, but he's got the talent to be certainly sure. has uh, better mobility than Marino had. Um, OK. That's Jacksonville. Let's go to number six. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to say here. I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Seems about fair. This is kind of where we've had the Cowboys all year, you know, hovering between five, six, seven, and eight. They didn't play a good game on offense, and it cost them. Uh, San Francisco was a better team. They're more, well, you know, they're more talented. They have a better coaching staff. And the Cowboys hung around with the 49ers. They had chances to win this game, came up a couple of plays short. That is a that was a very savvy response from a very passionate man. If you want to hear a little bit more of that, walk on over to Locked On Cowboys, where you'll hear some serious Michael Gallup talk. Um, I will say this: that defense played their tails off. Mm -hmm. They played their tails off, and so did the offensive line. So, if you want to glean positives as a Cowboys fan, um, I think those are the places to do it. I know a lot of people are bagging on the Cowboys right now. That was a pretty great A effort for the most part. Uh, I'm in Dallas. I'm hearing all the Dak Prescott talk. And he is the, as one of my friends who called me today, big Cowboys fan in Dallas said the city has turned on him. And I agree with that. I think 80% of it is very negative Dak right now. And this is what I'll say. Dak's a good player. I think all you guys know how I feel about Dak as a quarterback. He's, he's a good player. Um, I don't think it's all his fault. Um, he did have a terrible game, uh, when they really needed it. There's a lot being made on social media right now about a slot, uh, 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 deep seam route. He missed a T Y Hilton. Let me tell you something. There were five other throws in that game. that are every bit as important as that one that a couple of them aren't mentioned at all. So it had that play had little impact. I personally think, okay. in fact, I think a lot of quarterbacks would miss that read, uh, anyway. So, um, and there's no guarantee that he doesn't get hit b before he releases that ball. So that's the Dak side of it. Dak's going to be the Cowboys quarterback. They're not going to release him. So all they can do right now is build around him. If you think Dak's a great player, I think you're mistaken. I think he's a good player that needs help. And that's okay. That's okay. Most quarterbacks in the league are good players that need help. Um, there's a lot more that needs to be fixed with this team. But to accentuate the positive, again, uh, the effort was there. They played a really good team, Marcus. I mean, they played a team capable of winning the Super Bowl. Do you think it's fair to just say overarching um, that this was a successful season, especially when you consider most people thought it was lost? Uh, there's successful parts of the season. Um, 
I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. Yeah. Well, I know a few people, not, not anyone like in particular, who thought the season was over after week one. <laughs> I won't name anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, it's anytime you can win 12 games in the NFL, it's a pretty good season. As ditto, ditto the Buffalo Bills. That's another team that's being harangued a lot right now. The different thing about Buffalo is, look, I'm all for the heat on Dak right now. I am kind of wondering where the heat is on Josh Allen because Josh Allen had a heck of a lot of giveaways this week. He got, or excuse me, this season, he got clearly outplayed by the quarterback on the other side of the field. And for Buffalo, you know, I don't know how big this window is going to be for them, Marcus. I, I think there's a lot of concern here, or I think there should be a lot of concern here. Here's why I'm not too worried about Buffalo. It was an, an emotional season for five different reasons, right? Uh, we don't even have to go into all of them. They just lost to a team that had a quarterback that's just as good as what they had. And I also would say Cincinnati has – they had a bad offensive line in the game, and I actually think the snow and the weather helped them out a little bit because it kind of just muddied things up and made it so people couldn't – they couldn't have as much speed on the edge – I don't know. I, I think Buffalo's fine. Obviously, this is a disappointing year, but I, I'm not worried about them really at all long term. Well, I agreed with your Twitter take. Um, you won't hear me say that very often, but uh, about Von Miller being a huge loss for this team. But the same point, Von Miller came in the league in 2011. Coming off a major injury in 2023, what kind of player is he going to be? I gonna have to, I, they're going to have to find someone else besides Von Miller to create pressure. Right. Um, I'm surprised they wore their blues. Why not wear your whites? I'm serious. Wear your whites at home in the snow. Make it a little difficult for them to pick up your receivers. I mean, a, a split second of recognition. I know that sounds like, well, that's a silly point. I don't know, man. It might have been a little bit harder to pick up the Bengals. Yeah, uh, maybe. For their defensive backs when there were the flurries. Wasn't a good game for their secondary. But I again, with Josh Allen, I think Josh Allen's a really good player, but how many giveaways did he have this year? Not interceptions. How many giveaways? I think it was 30. I remember when Eli Manning had 30 giveaways one year and people destroyed Eli Manning. Um, Josh Allen does a lot more because of his legs. Uh, but this idea that, oh, the bills are wasting Josh Allen. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's they need fair him to play better. Like they just, yes. there was too many games this year, including the two playoff games. He just didn't play well enough, right? Like the game against Miami, he let Miami back in that game because of a fumble, because uh, of a bad interception. He just needs to play better. He didn't play very well in the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, did he either in 2020? Not the no, in divisional 20, no, round. Correct. He did not. Now he played awesome last year in the divisional round, but in the championship yes. game, no, he did not play well. Right. So he's going to have to rein it in with the uh, turnovers. And I think Josh Allen's a likable guy and a good player, but that's the deal. Uh, number four, I've got the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the issue right now for the Chiefs is the health of Patrick Mahomes, who the one-legged throw to Travis Kelsey in the back of the end zone, man, was was pretty sweet. The kind of mm -hmm. half jump pass. Um, I think you're right. Kansas City could have been had in this game. I think they're the weakest of the four teams left. Even if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, do you trust their defense enough against Cincinnati if their offense can't put up 30? I trust them in spurts, but not for like whole halves, right? 
Uh, because like I saw Frank Clark, Frank Clark played the best game he's had all year. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones is obviously one of the best just defensive players in the, in the league. But I don't always trust Nick Bolton to be in the right spots. I don't trust their cornerbacks. And frankly, I don't trust anybody else on offense outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, if, if the Bengals can slow down Kelsey at all, it's not like they have Tyreek Hill that can challenge them deep like he did in the, the previous meeting. So we'll see. I do think we should give some credit to the offense and, and, and Chad Henney and the play calling on that oh, 90-something yard drive. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, Jacksonville didn't take advantage of it, but, uh, you know, when, when Chad Henney went into that huddle, all those guys believed that they were going to move the ball, and that's there's something to be said for that. You know, the Cowboys had that with Cooper Rush this year. Cooper Rush got a lot of credit, but you got to give a lot of credit to the supporting cast that says, okay, we got this guy in here. We've got to raise our level of play. And uh, I think the offensive line and every, it starts with the offensive line, but it, it goes to everybody, including the play calling. So we'll see how Kansas city does. Obviously we're going to pick games in a couple of days and we'll talk about that matchup uh, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, sure. Is, is there a big gap for you between one, two, three, and then four? Like, do you think Kansas yes. city is clearly the worst team of the four? Yeah, because I had a real hard time choosing. There's an easy number one for me, and I had a real hard time choosing between two and three, yeah. but I had zero problem choosing between uh, three and four. Which is crazy that the Chiefs, the number one in the AFC, are a distant fourth for you. Yeah, um, but I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And, um, you know, I just don't think they're capable – Number one, with their quarterback uh, the way that he is right now, I don't think he's going to do what Joe Burrow did against Buffalo. But even going without the injury, I don't know if the offense isn't going well. Can it? Can the defense hold the fort the way the Cowboys' defense just held the fort over and over and over again against San Francisco? I don't think so. Oh, let's do your number three, Tim. Okay. <laughs> Enough with that, huh? Uh, all right. Uh, number three, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals. I really thought about moving them up. Uh, over the right, 49ers. The it was tough not to move them up because they were so impressive. But um, again, not to make this too much about the Cowboys, but I think the 49ers, you know, some people say, well, they were a little underwhelming and Brock Purdy wasn't. Uh, well, the Cowboys defense played an A plus game. And so with the Bengals, as much as I'd like to leapfrog them over the 49ers, I just don't think the Bills gave them an A-plus effort on defense. I think it was too easy for the Bengals, and I don't think the Bengals are going to have it that easy going forward, at least not if they make it to the Super Bowl. Now, as the way they're playing right now, Joe Burrow's amazing. The running game, Joe Mixon had a good game, but you've got to give credit to that defense, Marcus. Mm -hmm. I think that's the group that really didn't receive enough credit this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Trey Hendrickson had a monster game. Like, they just couldn't block him. The linebackers were fantastic. Uh, I do want to tell our listeners, I, I t- said on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that I was rooting for the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year, uh, even over the Cowboys, just because of everything that went on. And I went to a Bills party wearing, you know, my Bills stuff and was watching this game and be like a big third off for the Bengals. And I'm like grabbing my cup or whatever because I'm getting nervous that Joe Burrow can get sacked or whatever. I found myself rooting for the Bengals. Uh, there's just something about the way that they play, the way Joe Burrow plays and his confidence that it's it's hard not to absolutely love them. Yeah, I don't want to um I don't want to uh gloat here because I missed plenty of things this year, but 
really early in the year when Cincinnati was playing well, I, I really thought, hey, I think this is going to be a really good team, and I think they're going to be right there at the end. I've been saying it all year. I had them ranked a little higher than other people in, our, in the football business did, and uh, this is why. And really their only shortcoming right now is a patchwork offensive line that they really tried to fix in the offseason. But it's hard when you have guys that at the beginning of the year, Marcus hadn't played with each other, and then they're all banged up. How 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 big a factor do you think this is going to be for them going forward? We'll see. This is the I think of all the teams in the league. This is the most mentally tough team, and it doesn't seem like injuries bother them too much. They might even be back a couple offensive linemen this week. I think they're going to be fine. Are you guys just getting horrible weather again? Are you just yeah. getting snowed under? I could tell because you're you're. Whenever you guys hear a little glitch in Marcus's audio, it's there. Once again, they're what are you getting like an inch? Uh, yeah, we you saw that snow in Buffalo. That's what we're getting yeah. right here. So, oh man, yikes! Uh, number two, this probably shouldn't be a surprise. Like I said, two and three to me were very close. It's the 49ers, and I already kind of alluded to this. Um, the 49ers look, Brock Purdy had his probably worst game, depending on your perspective. I think Brock Purdy did what he was supposed to do, Marcus. He did make the big mistake. This was a way different defense than he's faced yet in his young career. And all in all, they leaned on a superior coaching. I think Shanahan's the best coach in the league. Uh, a really effective run game. And ultimately also having some big star players come up in big moments for you is huge. We talked about Travis Kelsey. It's hard not to just respect the heck out of George Kittle after watching that game Sunday. Yes, I will say, though, I think this game showed that the 49ers have to play really, really well against the Eagles. They can't play a B-plus game and win because if they're going to play a better offense this week in Philly that can do a lot of different things, that can run the ball better, that can throw the ball down the field better, you're going to need more from Purdy. You can't have Purdy just dinking and dunking the ball underneath and not being aggressive and not making big plays down the field. They're gonna need, Purdy didn't play bad by any means. But they're going to need Purdy to actually elevate the talent on this offense if they want to ultimately get back to the Super Bowl. A couple of things I think the 49ers need to do, and of course we're going to be p- picking this game in a couple of weeks, but I'd like to see Debo get days. the ball. Uh, I'd like to see Debo get yeah, a couple of days. I'd like to see Debo get the ball uh, in running situations a little bit more, just a couple more carries. I'd like to see Brock Purdy actually take off and run. Now he buys a lot of time running around back there, but I think against Philadelphia – Surprise them with a couple of runs early uh, because the Eagles pass rush will get after it. They had 70 sacks this season. They were all over Daniel Jones. Um, Take advantage. Take eight yards here, seven yards there. Make them aware of it. That'll probably open up the middle of the field. And you have the kind of tight end and running back that can absolutely destroy teams over the middle of the field. Uh, So I I think that's what the Niners need to do. Um, By the way, we should mention this hasn't been mentioned too much the 49ers defense played a heck of a game. You know, it's easy to 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 dunk on Dak Prescott because he had a bad game and the other the rest of the guys on the Cowboys offense. But other than maybe too much cushion by the 49ers corners on CD Lamb, especially early, the 49ers defense was outstanding again. And that's why that play that everybody keeps showing on Twitter of Dak missing T.Y. Hilton but throwing the ball to CD Lamb is so incredible because Dak at the snap thinks Fred Warner, who's on that left side, is going to be dropping with Hilton. He's able to run across the field, 
and meet CD Lamb 40 yards down the field and have perfect coverage. Their defense is unbelievable. They just really don't have any weaknesses. And man, that's going to be a fun game next week that I'm not going to watch. <laughs> I think he was a seventh ranked guy in coverage this year per PFF. And there's a guy I know that writes for PFF. Be really cool to do a podcast with that guy at some point. Maybe when he's a little bit more excited. Yeah, really. Yeah. It's like, Marcus, you want to do a podcast today? No. Uh, how about tomorrow? <laughs> Our number one team, uh, obviously no drum roll needed Philadelphia Eagles. Um, that was as impressive a team performance as I've seen uh, this playoffs. I mean, I think they played – I think they played the way Dallas did against Tampa uh, yeah. against the Giants. And uh, they play like that, man. They can beat. I've, I've thought the 49ers are the team to beat. They were my Super Bowl pick. Philadelphia plays like they did Saturday night, and I think they beat San Francisco. Yeah. Um, if they play anything remotely like this the rest of the way, they're going to be the Super Bowl champions. Like they're the 49ers with a better quarterback, right? Like with an MVP caliber quarterback on the roster. It's hard not to think this is the the Eagles here. This is so much of a better team, I think, than the team that won the Super Bowl in 2017. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I don't know if it's all that close. I think their offensive lines are pretty close because they had a good line in 17. And they had a pretty good pass rush in 17, but the secondary on this team is better. Uh, The quarterback is better than Nick Foles, even though Nick Foles played out of his mind. Um, they didn't have the running ability from Wentz and Foles that they get from Hertz. Uh, they've got a really nice little running kind of tandem going where they, it's so unusual how they use Gainwell and they use Scott. It seems like they only use Scott to troll the giants. It's very strange, <laughs> Pretty funny. but they've got an effective tight end, right? They've got, of course, the two star wide receivers. What's, what's the weakness here? How do you beat these guys? Do you run right at them? No, I, I mean, I think you have to throw on them. I think you have to block with your front five, get enough time, and throw over the middle of the field. I, I think I think that's the way to beat them. We saw the Cowboys do it um, on Christmas Eve. When they've had problems, it's in that middle part of the field, but it's hard to make a living doing that over and over again. It is, and you know they're, they're, they're going to be at home, and obviously, like I said, we are going to pick that game. So those are our uh, power rankings just to – Review, it was the Giants at 8, the Jags at 7, the Cowboys at 6, the Bills at 5, the Chiefs at 4, the Bengals at 3, the 49ers at 2, and the Eagles at 1. Any problem with that? No, I I, I think it's – the good thing is I think we have the four best teams in the NFL now in the, in the championship games, right? Like I think the Bengals and the Chiefs were the two best teams in the AFC for most of the year. Obviously, the 49ers and Eagles, the two best teams – should be a heck of a championship uh, weekend. Uh, as far as kind of the losers here, you know, it's really easy to say, well, this was a failure, specifically with Buffalo and Dallas, and or or even the Jacks uh, losing an opportunity to 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 get one there. But you know, it we've talked about this on the the podcast before. It's, it it kind of comes down to Marcus. What do you want? Do you want to compete for the Super Bowl or do you want to go 11 and six? Let's say 11 and six is a a successful season. And if you're selling out your stadium and you're selling apparel and you're winning 11 games every year, 
most owners will take that. Most fan bases will take that. But I think it's a difficult decision for some of these teams. You know, Buffalo went for it by getting Vaughn Miller. If you look at our NFC champs the last three years, whoever, whichever team wins it, Philadelphia or San Francisco, they went for it. The Eagles went out and got Reddick, right? Uh, the 49ers mm-hmm. went and got McCaffrey. Um, if you go to uh, Eagles got A.J. Brown. Year, yeah, Eagles added A.J. Brown. Uh, great point. Um, if you go to like the 2020 Bucks, the 2020 Bucks totally went for it. Of course, they got Brady, but they also got Fournette right uh, after the season started. And they tried and they brought Gronk uh, back from retirement. And then last year, the Rams, they totally went for it. Did the Matt Stafford trade? Uh, who else did the Rams bring in that I'm forgetting? They brought in they, Odell. They traded Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller at the deadline, yes. right? Right. Um, I, don't even forget the Bucks. They also signed Antonio Brown halfway through that season because they felt like they needed a little bit more in the passing game. And they did. When they got to the playoffs, they absolutely needed Antonio Brown. So I, I, I think aggressiveness is what you need to have to win the Super Bowl. I don't think you can be one foot in. Hey, we're going for it, but we're also trying to make sure that we're keeping our cap situation, our draft picks for the future. There's just too many teams that have awesome rosters right now. You need to go for it. And so I think with, again, the Cowboys and Bills being kind of the two teams here, I think think the Bills are sure that they have their guy. I think the Cowboys are lukewarm that they have their guy under center. But going beyond that, the only other way to do this, Marcus, for the teams that fall short that are really good, that includes whoever loses in the championship games this week, is to t- not tank, but to let guys go in free agency and flounder, kind of have a bad year, and then hope you have a top 10 pick to get a new quarterback. That's the only other way to do it. And I, I certainly don't see Buffalo doing that because they have their guy. And even if Dallas doesn't think that Dak is their guy, I don't see the Joneses ever doing that. No, they they got too much talent on both sides of the ball to even be in the top five or six to draft anyways. Um, I get the point. Also, as you were talking, I was just thinking between those four teams that you mentioned, like if mm-hmm. the Eagles, let's say it's the Eagles and Chiefs that lose this weekend. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how disappointing it's going to be for those teams considering how good their rosters are to not make the Super Bowl this year? It it, it just feels like this is the most top-heavy top four that we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, that that's an interesting question. I mean, I, I feel like it would be a little bit more devastating for Kansas City uh, because they keep getting there, and if they only get one out of this deal – I think that's a disappointment. It it might feel a little bit like the Pete Carroll Seahawks or the old Mike Ditka Bears. You know those. Teams I think it'd be worse to- though because Mahomes has still never played a road playoff game. You've had all these home playoff games, and that's what I'm only saying. Reach, only reach the Super Bowl twice and only win once would be pretty disappointing. That's what I'm saying. I think it'd be more disappointing than Philadelphia losing exactly what you're saying. The other thing is Philadelphia has so many different parts to their success. I don't want to take away from Kansas City, but so much of what they're able to do this year. You look at the Raiders game. You look at the game in Los Angeles against the Chargers is Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. They are literally like Montana to Rice. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I really don't. I don't think it's too early for that. Do you? to put them in that kind no, of as a connection. No. They're one of they're one of the top 
three to five connections in the history of pro football. I'm talking about United to Raymond Barry, as I said, Montana to Rice. Uh, pick 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 whoever you want. Brady to Gronk. Quincy um, to Antonio. <laughs> Quincy to Antonio Bryant, of course. You know, although. I, I don't know how you leave out uh, Jason Garrett to Patrick Jeffers, but whatever, you know, but Travis Kelsey, he can't do this forever, man. He, I mean, how old is Travis Kelsey now? He's got to be at least 33, 33, 34. Yeah. I mean, at some point, and I, I love watching him play, but how much longer is he going to be able to do it at this level? Um, that I wonder, uh, ditto Chris Jones, but more so uh, Travis Kelsey. So I think Timber it's a little bit. Uh, Eric Johnson. Just yeah. yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, uh, you know, it makes me think like, what's the most random, unstoppable connection ever for like one year? You know, um, mm, that's a good one. Kyle, or- Kyle Orton to, to Brandon Lloyd or something. <laughs> Just- you know what? That's really funny. That's exactly the one that I was thinking of. As you said yeah. that, I was pulling up Brandon Lloyd stats from 2010, 1400 yards and 11 touchdowns. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one that's really funny to me. Not funny, but just like I got one. Too. Go ahead. These guys were so good one year. I think it was '03. It's either '03 or '04. Dante Culpepper to Randy Moss was unstoppable. Dude, uh, that one's a little too good though. Like that's it's uh, too good for this. Okay, I'm okay. thinking Give like me. Jay Cutler to Brandon Marshall in 2012. Yeah. That's a good well, not just Jay Cutler. Wasn't that the year or was that the next year that um oh what's his guts? Uh McCown split half the year with him and McCown that was, was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. McCown was awesome though. That half of a season uh for them. Oh gosh, now I really want to think about it. I, I'm gonna have to dedicate a little bit more time to this. I know you're you're racking your brain now for I've got one. Good. Who was who was Kansas City's? Was it Derek Alexander that had the huge year like in 2000 with Elvis Gerbach? Yes. Yes. I mean, huge one. year. <laughs> I mean, does uh, does Derek Anderson to Josh Gordon count? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If I could remember who the Bears quarterback was in 99 to Marcus Robinson, I would throw that out all day, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> I don't even think Bears fans remember. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Oh man, that's funny. Josh Gordon, yeah, dude. Josh Gordon, twenty twelve was absolute nuts. Just, just nuts. I, I found out who the quarterback is for the Bears. Do you want to guess? Ninety nine of them that year. Cade McNown. Cade McNown started six games. Shane Matthews started seven. Jim Miller started three. Oh, oh man. Marcus Robinson, fourteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns that year. <laughs> You know, that same year, 99, Steve Berline to Patrick Jeffers was unbelievable. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, I know there's one, there's one that we're totally missing though, man. There's one. And then there's the ones, there's one, the ones that never, I kind of always wanted to see what Carson Palmer to Chad Johnson and Hushmanzada and Henry could have done if he didn't get hurt. That's kind of my what if one, but yeah. you're, 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 yeah, you're, you're not, you're not with me. I, I was trying to think of like the, the least sexy combo that I could ever find. I could, okay. I've got one. John Kitten and a Mike Furry. Yeah, those guys put up the great numbers there. 2007 Lions. Yeah. Sweet. Anyway, I think that's enough for me. Yep. That's, that's my final thought. I always give you the final thought. Go for it. Uh, out on football culture, Elliot. <laughs>
<laughs> today, today was a rough day. I just, it was one of those things. Like I didn't want to think about football at all. I didn't want to. I didn't even want to read anything. But I spent like fourteen hours on my phone, just doom scrolling through Twitter, because uh, misery loves company, and I like to see what everybody was saying uh, about my Cowboys. So, uh, I promise the next time we talk, I will be in a better mood. I just need, I need twenty four hours to get over it. Um, but I'll be ready for the championship round. Don't worry. Do you think, um, I've always thought it was totally okay for people that cover teams in a sport to have a team that they root for and that they still kind of live and die with. I mean, because why else would you get in this business if you're not passionate about it? Right. I mean, writers are passionate about what they're writing about. It, it seems more weird to me for someone to be like, nope, I'm totally unbiased and I have no allegiance to any team and whatever. Me, right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so you and Scott, I mean, that's why we love you, know, football. You, you love it because if, if these losses didn't hurt anymore and you know, it, that it wouldn't make anything exciting or nerve wracking or right. Like you, you still want to feel the pain of a loss like this, because when a big win does happen, like last week against Tampa, it feels awesome. So I, as much as I'm frustrated and upset, it's, it's still relatively, it's a good thing that I still, I, I still care about this team. You know, I really respect what the Eagles have done this year and uh, I've said before on our podcast, the Chiefs were my dad's team. I've always pulled for them, but I really would love to see a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. I would. And the the two that happened when I was a kid um, were the best Super Bowls of the 80s, quite frankly, especially the second one, uh, Montana to Taylor. And I just think it'd be really cool to have this one be a third. And frankly, I think it'd Please. be a really good game. Please. So uh, I'd love to see Burrow against that defense and, and uh, all those great 49ers players. But um, instead, yeah, you're going to get Kelsey versus Kelsey, right? Jason Kelsey <laughs> taking on his brother, Travis. Kelsey. Oh, man. And it's the only it's going to be like talked about nonstop. The only thing that will ever be talked about more than that is that I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but do you know that Jerome Bettis is from Detroit. Do you remember that? Do I remember that? You're asking the number one Steeler hater in the country if I remember that. Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, let's talk about a visual eyesore. Steelers Seahawks. Oh, oh, what an ugly jersey game! Uh, ugly jersey game. Ugly officiated game. Ugly Super Bowl. Um, yeah, not exciting whatsoever. Anyway, uh, okay, I think that's enough. We don't want to torture anymore. <laughs> Never believe uh, you. Yeah. Hey, you can get takes like this on Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow over there, and uh, he's a huge proponent of what we do here. And then uh, also, Marcus covers the Raiders for USA Today. You can check his work over there. He's really engaged on the Raiders right now, as you can tell. And then he writes for Pro Football Focus. (laughs) He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And as always, we appreciate you guys. Uh, Give us a like or review. We uh, We always appreciate that as well. And we will talk to you in two days when we pick some games on Brinks. Take care, everybody.